2: to another episode of Gray's Academy, your favorite Gray's Anatomy classroom on the internet. I am one of your professors, Kelsey.
3: And I am one of your professors, Carmen, the hottest professors on campus.
2: You're the student.
3: Oh, I'm the student. Interesting how that works. Have you uh, seen the show before? (laughs) It's... Anyways. it's a beautiful day for a podcast oh man I'm just
2: like conceptually that's the concept of the ship i i understand Grey's academy because i'm teaching you about Grey's anatomy
3: so i want you to know that until this exact point i assumed that we were teaching the listeners together but it makes sense
2: everyone <laughs> except you must watch the show so it's like the reverse of a school. It's like a trillion professors and one student. <laughs>
3: you, ever, you ever just have those moments where like it makes so much sense, but until you spell it out for someone, they just don't get it. I just had one. Yeah. of the, I very rarely have one of those moments. Mm, I feel like you.
2: I am always doing this in your moment.
3: No, <laughs> no. How long? We've been recording this podcast now for what? Two years? Almost two years. Yeah. And I just now understand the concept of Grey's yeah. Academy. This yeah. is the Grey's Anatomy Academy. And I, it, I'm i learning how to be a police officer. And you are my Mr. Miyagi is what we're doing. I just You're crossed learning. three references all in <laughs> was, one. Yeah, I, I was like really... ra- rapid fire. It was Police yeah. Academy mixed with the Karate Kid mixed with Grey's Anatomy all at the same time. So Yes. Wow. Incredible. Well... Uh, we just got done recording a Guardians of the Galaxy 3 review for Patreon. Mm-hmm. So, if you have not gotten on our Patreon yet, which we do have a shout out in just a minute, Kelsey, you want to get our shout out ready? Um, and if you have not done that yet, follow the link in the description because we got hot, stanky content coming at you. Uh, and if you are Already a Patreon patron. Thank you. We appreciate it. Tell all your friends and family. Give us a five-star review wherever you stream. It really does help us with the algorithms. If you're on the iTunes podcast app, which just got a revamp, congratulations, iTunes podcast app. Mine didn't. Go ahead and write a review. It's I, Maybe they're, they're rolling it out slowly, but I know they just uh, announced a revamp of it. I oh, okay. yours I'm looks very, the same? Mine looks the same right now. Okay, yeah. It's, it's rolling, they're rolling it out slowly. Uh, but uh, please write us a review. We love getting to see those. We read them live on air. Uh, we send screenshots to each other. We also see the international ones that come through on the, the, the podcast like chart internal system that we have. And then also, if you're on Spotify, literally take two seconds, click the five star button, hit submit, and then make sure that you're following the show so when a new episode comes out it automatically uh sends you that notification alert that hey gray's gray's academy is up and uh they got some new new episodes for you follow us at gray's academy pod on instagram at chaotically kelsey on instagram at carmen.gabriel.official on instagram and email kelsey at gray's academy pod at gmail.com if you want to talk about spoilies True. I think that's all I got. I think that's all of yeah. it. Did I shamelessly plug everything?
2: I think so. Um, we do have a new Patreon shout out, Janessa.
3: Janessa. Um,
2: so thankful to have you. And if I have said your name wrong, I apologize, Janessa. Janessa, did I? What did I say?
3: You said Janessa, but let me look at this here.
2: It might be uh,
3: John Jan- Janisha. Janesha oh,
2: also possible. I am so sorry. I should have asked her.
3: You know Damn. what? We'll, Girl, we're going to give you a second. Message me.
2: Yeah. If I did that wrong. Well, I had to have done it wrong because I did it like three different ways. So message me and tell me which way was right. Cause I want to like give a proper thank you. So um, regardless, is, you're a queen binging right now. So she just found us recently. Um, Welcome so, aboard. Hello. We're glad to have you in our classroom. Um, I also want to take
3: a second to shout out uh, my friend Jessica from the small shop Itty Bits Designs. Oh, I was
2: like, uh, you're white. she.
3: No, 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 no. Uh, so I met Jessica in Orlando at a mm-hmm. previous job, not Disney, and we've stayed in touch all these years, uh, just talking about like baseball because we uh, we do not see eye to eye on baseball, and every random, every once in a while, she will. Uh, just send send me a, a message of, hey, the White Sox suck. And then I have to message her back going, hey, the Yankees are trash, but we all hate the Astros. And uh, anyways, Itty Bits Designs, she's got a really great small shop. Definitely check it out on Instagram at Itty Bits Designs. And uh, Jessica, thanks for being an avid uh, streamer and listener. She sends me messages every once in a while of how much she likes the show. She does follow you, Kelsey, and she follows the, the yes, Instagram. Yes, I had so. talked
2: to her Um, in the before times, even when we were doing the the other, in the other thing.
3: Oh, and dude dude thoughts. thoughts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's why I think we shouted her out in our small shop, uh, Mm -hmm. shout out podcast. Would you say she makes what?
2: She makes really cool, like personalization things, um, like for parties. And then also she makes like tattoos, like customized temporary tattoos.
3: Did you see the, uh, the bluey tattoos where they were dressed up as Elmo and, please? yeah insane like literally so cute
2: yeah okay um I had something else to say oh Katia messaged me also um and I think I mentioned this but we didn't get too into it last week um the actor who played Dr. Dixon is not autistic and uh she was talking to me about how it's kind of like a common thing in Hollywood to have um, non-disabled actors play disabled parts or different uh, differently abled parts and whatnot. Um, and I will say, I meant to say this last week later on in the Grey's Anatomy world, when there is someone who has a disability, be it um, like if they're deaf or hard of hearing, um, the, the, they are casting actors who are definitely represent in real life. that particular right. group. And, yeah. you know, when they have, like, if they have a marginalized group like um, transgendered or gay or non binary, they are casting actors who are transgender, who are gay, who are non binary. So, definitely later on, I feel like there's more commitment to that true representation. And I meant to mention it last week, but she brings out a good point. And she also said that July is Disability Pride Month. And so we'll mention this again next month. Right. It's still June when this comes out. Yeah. So we will mention this again next month um, as well. But yes, did not know that. But yeah, I did want, she brought that up. And I was like, that's a good point because that is definitely something that I feel like Shondellana strives to do later on. But maybe early on, they weren't really doing it as much.
3: Well, so. over the course of what 19 years plus, yes. the norms <laughs> yes. in Hollywood and like the yeah, <laughs> maybe this is what they were talking about of what we would have done differently in that blog. Yeah. Like, looking back at it, they maybe would have had better representation. So, yeah, anyways,
0: okay,
2: well, let's get into this one. Let's do it. Um, first, we do want to really quick not get into it too much, but today is the day that they found the um debris debris in the the wreckage near the Titanic wreckage. Um, and we just feel our hearts go out to the families of those, um, who passed away in that, um, tragedy because it was very stressful and I can't imagine what their past, like four or five days have looked like.
3: Yeah. So the, um, the internet has been kind of a weird place. Yeah. Right now with memes and we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. We're not going to be political on this one. It's just going to be regardless of where you stand on income and wealth inequality and what, you know, some of the family members were doing in the wake of this tragedy unfolding. Yeah. They're people at the end of the day. Right. And mm-hmm. and I think that's what we need to remember. And our hearts uh, go out to them, like we said. So,
2: Also... in the name like you know i'm i don't love a billionaire but like that's not the only people who are on that boat so
3: (laughs) yeah Um. also my my person i I will say little mini personal soapbox it doesn't matter how much money you have if you had the chance to witness a piece of history up close and personal you would and Mm. i i i wouldn't i would not i won't even get on a cruise ship yeah uh so like i'm but i'm just saying like if if there was a chance to witness some piece of history that you're super passionate about, you would have taken it. And I think that that's just what we need to remember. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's an excursion, yes, but they weren't, like, going to space. They were, like, Yeah, Michael said he was, like, it's you know.
2: human nature to, like, want to explore. Yeah. I was, like, for a lot of people, to an extent, yes. But, yes, regardless, it's sad. There are definitely layers. It's complex. It's complicated. There's... Lots to say, lots to think. Um, but it—I yeah. feel sad for all the families that had to sit there and wait and not have any idea for however long.
3: Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. With that being said.
2: No, we'll talk about Grey's Anatomy. Teach um, me things, teacher. Okay, this is the eighty seventh episode. It is our ninety seventh episode. <laughs> We're
3: getting so close.
2: I know. I know. Um, this is the ninth episode of the fifth season. In the midnight hour, and that is a song.
3: In the midnight hour is a song released in 1965 by Wilson Pickett, and this song. So we were, uh, uh, we were, we were like listening to the song before this episode started, and we were like moving and grooving, we were bopping to it, and I was like, I feel like I heard this song. So we were saying that this sounds like a song that may have been on. Uh, like an episode of Scandal, because uh, Eli Pope is into a lot of the old music, and he's playing these records, and I think that's that's a cool thing. That's a cool, like, weird uh, backstory for him. But uh, Sam, uh, Wilson Pickett is also the person who performed the song "Mustang Sally." Red so,
2: Sally, red.
3: So, uh in the midnight hour reached number 1 on the R&B chart in uh uh on the Billboard uh charts August 7th uh, 7th 1965.
2: <gasps> That's my birthday.
3: I knew you were going to get a get a get a kick out of that. August 7th Kelsey's birthday 1965.
2: I was not born uh, yet.
3: Not born. <laughs> and it reached uh the top 40 hitting as high as number 21 on the Billboard Hot 100. So it was one of those multi-charting multi songs, and it was placed at 134 on Rolling Stone's list of 500 greatest songs of all time, with Mustang Sally at number 434. Wow, so interesting, because I, in I definitely 500 all know Mustang Sally, the I five hundred don't know this one. Yeah, I was also thinking that. Uh, when so, was that list made? That was from, uh, I don't see when that was done, but I could tell you that it's ranked as, and history has concluded this chapter, uh, because it's ranked as the 11th best song of 1965. So no more songs are getting released in 1965. (laughs) I guess that's right. Yeah, so but anyways, I, I don't see yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Five hundred greatest songs of all time. Let me see if I can click on this real quick. Oh, okay. So it was published December two thousand four is the specific one they're okay. talking about. So in two thousand four, this was uh uh in the midnight hour was ranked as the one hundred thirty fourth greatest song of What's all number time. One? Ooh, let's take a look. Yeah. Let's go down this rabbit hole. Top ten songs. Okay, okay, let's let's do you want to guess any of the top ten songs?
2: Something by the Beatles.
3: I will give you... There's one Beatles song.
2: Is it number one?
3: No, it's number eight. Hey Jude. Wow. This song... This list is kind of... (laughs) They have... uh, Okay, I think it lost... (laughs) uh, I don't know. This is... Number number six is the Beach Boys' Good Vibrations. Not even the best Beach Boys song. Uh, It does have... Uh, John Lennon's Imagine at number three with Aretha Franklin's Respect at number five. But number one is Bob Dylan, like a rolling stone.
2: Guys, I'm making a lot of faces. I know it's yeah, an audio podcast, I, but I made a lot of faces. I like. I feel like I understand those picks, but I don't support them. I would have put yeah. Respect as number one, honestly, I think. Out of, like, out arguably, of those? It's, out of those options, I would have put Respect as number one. Or a different Beatles song. I don't even know if I would have put Hey Jude. I think Let I It Be, be maybe, is a superior yeah, Beatles song. I say I think Let It Be is also just... Even if you're just thinking of, like, most recognizable songs. Like songs yeah. that everyone's going to know. I don't know that everyone knows Hey Jude, but I feel like more... I don't know. I don't know.
3: Yeah. And then the only one that was on that list from the 90s on was Nirvana. Smells Like Teen Spirit. Teen Spirit at number nine. Mm. So... It goes, number one, Like a Rolling Stone. Number two, I Can't Get No Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. Number three, Imagine by John Lennon. Number four, What's Going On, Marvin Gaye. Number five, Respect, Aretha Franklin. Number six, Good Vibrations, The Beach Boys. Number seven, Johnny B. Good, Chuck Berry. I actually don't hate that choice. I think that's actually a perfect number seven. Number eight, The Beatles, Hey Jude. Number nine, Smells Like Teen Spirit. And then number 10, What I'd Say. Uh, What I Say by Ray Charles. With that being said, this song was good. It did not make it into Carmen's list of downloadable songs, but I will give it a four out of five, a fellow. And with that, Kelsey, tell us about the episode.
2: This episode was written by Joan Rader and Tony Phelan, who we have seen many, many times, and directed by Shonda's best friend, Tom Verica, who we saw last week. Dying.
3: Live. (laughs) But he lived.
2: (laughs) But then live. Um, It was aired November 20th, 2008. Hey, Jessica's birthday. <laughs> to 15.74 million viewers. Oh, I closed it on accident. Um and let me read the Netflix synopsis. Doo doo. Um Meredith, Christina and Bailey come to Lexi and Sadie's rescue when a routine surgery goes horribly wrong. <laughs>
3: misleading, but I appreciate that there's no spoilers on that, actually. Uh, This episode, I'm not going to spoil my ranking because uh, we'll get to it at the end. You have to listen to this whole thing, motherfuckers. (laughs) Uh, But remember that one time that I was trying to give away my ranking very early on and you said no? Um, I laughed, I think, more in this episode than I've laughed ever at a Grey's Anatomy episode. Really? This, is, this was just such a funny fucking episode. So good.
2: Oh, yeah, that part's funny. I did write, ha, 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 ha right here in, the, like, the third line. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: anyways, all right. So I feel like I no recap much, from this. But, I laughed a lot. I laughed a lot in this episode.
2: it is a really good episode, and there's a lot of emotions left and right. Everyone is in their feels this week.
3: Yeah, it's pretty
2: intense, actually. Very intense. Let's start with it's nighttime, and let's start with
3: it's in the midnight hour.
2: What should we start
3: with? Could we just start with Sadie's a fucking joke? I was going
2: to say, let's. I hate her.
3: She sucks. Sadie. uh, She's dumb. She. Maybe I'll grow to like her, but like right now, I do not enjoy her.
2: Do you know, like how some people like have people that they're attached to from their past and but like they're not necessarily there and then they come there and it's like you don't really fit in with the current life. But, yeah, like, they I don't understand. recognize that they just like haven't. I don't know, grown up at all. That's how this feels to me.
3: It's it's very much your childhood friend kind of making you regress on all of the things that you grew and matured on. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. Uh I don't know. But anyway, so she sucks. She's kind of in a weird spot. Uh what so where do you want to start with the interns though? Because this is this is for all of you listening, this is the episode that the routine surgery that they're talking about is Alexa, stop. What is she talking about? I have no idea what she just started saying. Sheesh. This is the episode for those of you who are listening and for some reason can't remember this episode. (laughs) That uh, Sadie decides she's just going to cut herself open and let the interns, Lexi specifically, remove her appendix. Dumb, dumb. So yeah, dumb.
2: And I'm also like, they're like, "Oh, are we gonna go to jail?" And I'm like, it feels like it is illegal, but is it illegal? I mean, I don't know. It feels like it should be, but is it?
3: The thing they're that I doctor, don't understand is, I hospital. mean. Cutting an LVAD wire should also be illegal.
2: I guess they, like, technically probably didn't have her sign consent forms. But, like, is it illegal? I mean, it feels illegal. But, like, is it illegal? (laughs) I don't know. Um, Okay, so, yeah. First, they've got Steve um, epiduraled, which, let me say, guys, love an epidural. Life-changing. Would get an epidural constantly if it was offered to me. (laughs) Right now, epidural. Worth all of it worth everything. I love an epidural. I love coming off an epidural and not being able to feel half my body. It's so funny. It's so coming off of an epidural is the most bizarre experience that you can have in your own body. Um, and so funny. And so they forget to give, see the catheter. He pees on himself. Hilarious. Love it. Love every second of it. Um, so, you know, they're like, oh, well, since he's already here, Lexi's like, I'm going to make Sadie think I'm tough and say we should take out his appendix because Meredith told Sadie I'm a priss and I want Meredith to think I'm cool. It
3: was I don't think I've ever seen anyone crack under peer pressure so instantaneous in my entire life.
2: It's like wildly out of character. Like she's just like normally just leans into being a goober.
3: Yeah. It's the thing really is, is with like, both with both Meredith with with Big Gray and Little Gray, yeah. Something about each other just unlocks the worst part of them, right? Yeah. Like all of the maturity that Meredith is trying to show in her relationship with Derek means nothing when it comes to like she she just becomes as hardened. I don't care about people. I have trauma that I can't figure out so I'm gonna push everyone away kind of situation and Lexi just goes oh no I had a terrible childhood I'm horrible I'm I am a boss I could do anything on my own I'm blah blah I don't care about family fuck you all and it's just the worst versions of each other whenever the other one talks about it yeah it's really bizarre playing out of character
2: and yeah Sadie is like I want to be friends with Lexi because it's gonna make Mm -hmm. Meredith jealous what oh keep your enemies close meh I need allies blah 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 I need allies that's what she said I need um, allies.
3: Yeah, you wouldn't need allies if you weren't doing dumb shit, Sadie.
2: Yeah. So, um. Yeah, it's unsettling. This all it, this all happens like in an overnight shift, right? So this is another graze where it's like this all happened in a very short period of time. So it's the middle of the night, and everyone gets there, and the interns are like. We're being stupid. <laughs> and so they decide to cut Sadie open and then they just do it. Like they are reading the instructions from a book while she is laying on the table.
3: Yeah, it's, it's bad. It's bad. And when she goes, I will say it's a little bit funny because she goes, it's a great day to save lives, people. What? It's what Shepard says. Blah, 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 blah. I And I like, I like that she goes this is a bad idea. It's yeah. a really bad idea. Yeah. Fucking obviously. Yeah. The Lexi almost
2: chickening out is very in character for sure. And then Sadie is a psychopath and just takes the scalpel and cuts herself open again. Second episode in a row that she's done that concerning. Also, when she's like, when they find the appendix and she's like, let me see. Cool. I'm Like, it's not cool.
3: Yeah. As That's soon as weird. they were like, Guys, it's a little inflamed. I'm like, she's I thought she was gonna die. Yeah. I thought she was for sure toast. And then the one little the little intern with all the fucking chocolate that Christina steals. <laughs> <laughs> Gra- she's like, uh yeah, Christina's or uh, said uh, Sadie's like, if you can't handle it, then leave. And she leaves like a like a, a genius. Like an
2: intelligent person. <laughs> yes. Like someone who I can no longer stand <laughs> Pat
3: to watch this. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um yeah, Sadie's. It's it's dumb. You know, they get to the appendix. It's a little inflamed, which means it's not a routine surgery. They're not. You know, they're not in an OR. They're sitting in outpatient procedures in the middle of the night. Um, this in is a not basement. This is not fully.
3: Oh, they're cracked. not in the basement,
2: actually. They're not in the basement. Steve's in the basement. That's um, right. I forgot. Epidural up. And uh, yeah, Christina finds Steve. And when she goes to look for... Because she's kind of put two and two together that they're still doing something stupid. And when she goes to find Steve, that's when Lexi goes to get Meredith to be like, hey, help. And when you when you see Lexi going to Meredith, you definitely for sure think Sadie's dead. Yeah. Um, but she's not. Um, and they immediately do the right thing. They're like, immediately, go get Bailey, go get the chief. Um, and don't fucking tell anybody what's going on. So the new intern... Goes to get Bailey and she's like, why? And he's like, uh, emergency, please come. And so she does.
3: And she has the wherewithal to be like, okay, something's really fucked up then.
2: Yep. Bad news bears. Um, and so she goes and she walks them through it. And what I think is interesting that I definitely didn't notice before watching it this time is with all the talk around solo surgery, solo surgery, solo surgery, this essentially ends up being a solo surgery for Christina and Meredith. Like they do right. it. Like Bailey walks them through it, but she doesn't do anything.
3: Which and is really so cool because I do they feel take like this that's worth
2: noting. Cause I, I was like watching it. I was like, Oh, they're doing this by themselves. Like this is yeah. the solo surgery. Like it's fucked up that this is how it was supposed to be. Cause it's like supposed to be this huge deal and like something they were really working for and looking forward to. And like, this is how it ended up happening. And you know, they definitely don't see it as being the first solo surgery, but it is a solo surgery.
3: Yeah. And it's it's interesting how they take this potentially life-ending moment and Bailey's like, I'm calm. You're calm. Mm-hmm. We're good. Let's we do, do this. It, yeah. So really good, you know, not just mom moment for her, but teacher moment. But I want to back up because the scene where Christina walks in and is like, Steve, get up and let's go. And he's like, no. And then then the look on his face. face, Like he's gonna think
2: she's gonna walk (laughs) over and hit him.
3: And then he's like, I I (laughs) can. So it gets crazy, gets intense. Uh she lives. Sadie yeah. lives, obviously, but let's talk about the, this the scene with Weber.
2: Okay. So Weber is like, first, obviously you think he's going to scream a lot and then he is mad, but he's like, I'm proud of you guys because you did the right thing and you immediately called for help, you know, and two seasons ago you were cutting LVAD wires and not asking for help. So like, well <laughs> done guys. So proud. Growth. Um, look, no one, no one's organs got stolen today. What a win. And so, of course, trope on trope, Lexi barges in and like runs her mouth and is like, oh, Christina told me to stop. And they're like, you knew. Eh." It's just silliness. And this storyline frustrates me because. When they're like, oh, well, you knew and you didn't say anything. Well, like you think Bailey said something every time those interns were doing something stupid and she had to tell them not to be stupid.
3: Also, like, doing... Should
2: she have told them? I don't know. I just feel like Bailey told them not to be stupid so much, and I doubt she told the chief every single time.
3: Yeah, it's also, to to be clear, so I'm... I'm first thought, I'm really glad we kind of get our first taste of, like, a friendship fight, right? Mm-hmm. Centered around the, you didn't have my back, is Christina's yep. thought. But... One thing that I'm on Christina's side about is putting IVs into people and testing your IV skills and doing mm-hmm. an open appendix removal. Yeah. An open appendectomy on someone mm-hmm. who is awake. With no training and you're looking at the textbook beforehand, you can't even compare those two. That's not on Christina. I'm on Christina's side for
2: that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And also, like, it's not like she blew it off and was like, oh, ha ha, so funny. Like, she thought she had shut it down. And this is what I'm saying. This is why I'm like, you know, you think you shut it down. Do you then also have to go and be like, oh, well... Like they were being stupid, but I like, do you just go to your boss and be like, "Oh, yeah, I had to reprimand people today." No, you just do it.
3: No, you just do it. like,
2: I don't know. It's just weird. Again, the hierarchy is silly, and I don't unclear I am a
3: little bit annoyed at Christina in this this fight, though, excuse me, I'm drinking alcohols that are, that's making me get the burpees here <laughs> uh, i I don't think it's Meredith's job to have stood up for her or defended her in that room. Meredith truly had no. If Meredith was aware of the idiocy, like Christina told them, and then Mm -hmm. Meredith was also like, "No, I didn't know anything other than what Christina told me." Like, okay, then yeah, you're throwing her under the bus. But she didn't know. She said no. All she said was no. Right. And I don't think that's fair to be mad on
2: that because there's more to that conversation that we don't see. And I think that is the implication of like when she thinks Meredith should have said something because when because she says, oh, you stood there and watched the chief take me out of the running for the solo surgery. So clearly they continued to stand there and talk for more time. And Christina's point is valid. She's like, we all had interns in that room. That's it's on all of us. We all weren't supervising. We are all being shitty teachers. I agree. Um, And so I think the issue is that we just don't see this the continuation of the conversation where there would have because, yeah, I do agree. Like, no, Meredith didn't know. And I don't think that's that's for her to say that I don't expect her to lie and be like, yeah, I knew I just didn't give a shit. Like and it's not like Christina knew and didn't give a shit either. But so I think what like the implication is that Meredith just stood there while the chief was like, well, this is on you. Well, it's not, I mean, it is on her, but it's on all of them.
3: If the chief to your point was saying it's on you because you didn't tell me that they were fucking around. Yes, it's on Christina. But if it's just these interns suck in Christina, it's all your fault. Then no, that's not fair. So I, I, I do get what like, she's, but I back get that. to th-
2: what I said before, like, I just don't think that every resident has told the chief anytime an intern does something stupid so that's why I'm just like conflicted and like back and forth on it and yeah I don't know and then Meredith of course is like oh you're just mad because I'm sleeping with Derek well yeah that's because Derek's a piece of shit Meredith okay everyone's mad about it whatever
3: (laughs) I'm actually not mad about (laughs) it right now but I but it is Right before that, you know, Christine was like, you know, you're acting with an attend. You're acting like an yeah. attending. You may be sleeping with an attending, but you're not an attending. And that's when Meredith was like, oh, so it's all fucking back to Derek. Like,
2: and I don't she's know. Like, no, it's not. It's about you not having my back, which is valid in my opinion. Yeah. But and then we get a good we get a
3: good little Bailey monologue here. Too. Oh, my
2: God. I love the Bailey scene where they're like, what are you going to say to the intern? And she's like, no, 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 no. No, we already. I already did this. It's your fucking I turn. I raised my babies. You, yeah, and I. She's like, I raised you better than this. Um, and she says, like, Do you really need a speech for me after all this time? And they don't. You know what? And, and I love it. Which I in love, itself is a bit of a speech, Bailey. Mm-hmm, I it's, love that too because that's so speech Bailey. Is, it's <laughs> it's so Bailey. I've heard like give a speech uh, during which she says, "I'm not going to give you a speech." Right. Um, but oh, yeah, I gracious. love them taking all the interns and presenting on Sadie and, you know, oh, the saying, pissed like, me off so much. Oh my God. Pierce, what a piece of shit. He's like, oh, you still respect Izzy Stevens. Bitch, don't. F-. And Alex's reaction, I'm like, good for you. Good for you. Throw him through the window. See if yeah. I fucking care.
3: Honestly, like you're getting reprimanded for doing something that almost costs you your entire career and you could have gone to jail. And their life. Right, and you are making a smart-ass comment about someone who's not even in the fucking room that you and knew a situation of? situation
2: you don't know about. Like, you right. don't know the details. Like, you know what you've heard. Like, it's so so high school. So, yeah, so dumb.
3: Yeah, see still respect Dr. Izzy Stevens, blah, 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 blah. Dude, suck a chode, bro. Shut yeah. the fuck up. He so fucking dumb. blows.
2: Um, Literally, and so then. Oh, also, should we talk about the Lexi and George bit, where he's like, "Yeah, you come to me," and she's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? This is the first time in months I haven't like been up your ass."
3: The fir- this uh this was the one thing in the past few months that wasn't to get you to notice me, and then that one intern goes like, mm-hmm. "Dude, she's fucking in love with you. How did you not notice that, you dumb prick?"
2: Yeah. Man, it's like there's so much in this episode. It's crazy.
3: I I honestly, uh, for all of you listening out there, I genuinely don't even know how we got through that whole intern storyline in like 15 minutes. It was just so much, and it was so good too. Like there were so many things that were happening. I like I like that they kind of. There's different factions of the the interns, too, right? It's like mm-hmm. some of them are like, no, we have to do the surgery. No, we shouldn't do the surgery. And also not all the interns were in the room that whole right. time. Right. So it is interesting that they all got yelled at when it was like, you know, the, uh, uh, the fault of the little of the few, you know, affect all of them yeah guilty by association that's what i'm trying to think of thank you thank you carmen Like, job, yeah, graciela
2: carmen. leaves but like she didn't say anything and then i love when she's like are we gonna go to jail and he's like well you're not because you didn't have the balls to stay in the room <laughs> well i'm like you mean she had the intelligence to leave the room right I think is what, you what meant a shitty say.
3: way to say i'm a piece of garbage and you were right yeah like yeah so true you so had true. the balls to be correct
2: yeah <laughs> And she didn't even tattle on them. She left, and she didn't even tattle on them.
3: She just wanted to eat her chocolate in peace.
2: <laughs> Christina said, "No."
3: <laughs> I love also like she. They all just keep calling them morons. And the scene where they're like, "Where have you seen the morons?" and Alex is like, "No, they are morons," but. Uh- they can they can do an IV. Man, they're they're doing something, right? And that's when Christina was like, no, 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 no. She's they're for sure moms. I I know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what she's doing. I two see what's together. happening here. Um What else? Anything else with
2: the interns? I I don't
3: know. I don't think there's anything else with the interns. Do you want to talk about um I'm trying to think what else we got here before before we do a uh, mid-episode a mid, a mid episode break for some of our sponsors. Do you want to talk about Night Terror Guy? And then we can finish the Ugh. episode with uh, David Rosen and David. Oh, my Duquette. God, David Rosen.
2: Are you so excited to see David Rosen?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so yeah, let's, anyone that hasn't yeah.
3: listened or anyone that isn't on our Patreon, we just talked about Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And, uh, without sharing any spoilers, obviously we know Peter Quill's grandpa is Hollis Doyle from Scandal. So,
2: and Mitchum Huntsberger from Gilmore Girls.
3: And that's true. Yes. And probably lots of other things. Maybe he's, yeah. I, I would have to imagine he's going to be an episode of, of Grays at some point.
2: I actually so. don't think he is. No? I could be wrong. I don't off the top of my head remember him, but that doesn't mean he's not. It's fair. There's been a million seasons. I don't remember all the guests. <laughs>
3: If someone remembers Hollis Doyle in, in Grey's Anatomy, message Kelsey via email or Instagram tonight. <laughs> so um, yeah, let's let's talk about. Um,
2: okay, night gotta start though. off with this. Ten out of ten, Mark episode. Holy shit!
3: Hundred percent, hundred fucking percent.
2: Oh, never been more on Team Mark than I am right right this second.
3: Oh my I, god! I got it. I ordered a T shirt for Mark Sloan. I would, I would wear that t-shirt. I die for Mark Sloan. I die Run for it. Mark Sloan. Is there a I t-shirt? I mean, incredible. Wait, wait. Could you look for one for me without... I can't, I can't get spoilies. I don't <laughs> want can not get spoilies. spoilers. You not look for it. Uh, <laughs> Do not search. Hey, Siri, find me a Grey's Anatomy t-shirt. Wait, no, stop. I thought I turned... Hey, Siri, off. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Fuck.
2: Jesus, <laughs> don't look at it. Just throw your phone away. Go ah! the toilet. <laughs> ah! Sorry, Jessica, I have to get a new phone because I accidentally searched for Grey's Anatomy.
3: Almost um, got spoilied.
2: Now you're going to get... Targeted ads that are going to be spoilers.
3: I already get the targeted uh, ads. I have to scroll past them already. It's the oh worst. God.
2: It's my nightmare. Okay. Um. So yes, night terrors. This guy comes in. He has fallen out of window while sleepwalking, which is terrifying. Do you ever sleepwalk?
3: No, no, I never have. Knock on wood. I don't. What's it I like
2: don't... to sleep peacefully? No, man. Do you sleepwalk? No, but I do um, have lots and lots of dreams that are re- wildly vivid and like very disruptive to my rest. And I talk in my sleep, not often, and never like when I'm in deep sleep, only when I'm like about to fall asleep, because I'll say it and it'll wake me up. And Michael goes, Do you know what you just said? And I'll go, Yes, I asked you if you wanted more in the bowl, but I was asleep, so it doesn't count. <laughs>
3: Uh, Jess's younger brother, Isaac sleep talks. And it's like actually terrifying because he sounds like a possessed demon. Oh God.
2: No, there was one
3: time. That. Yeah. When, when we were living at Cindy's very briefly before getting this house, uh, the boys were staying over at Cindy's house and they were in the other room and Eli is like wildly medicated. So he just sleeps through it. Right. Like once he's yeah. asleep, he's asleep for eight hours, like clockwork. I'm so jealous. And Yeah. Isaac, on the other hand, sleep talks. So all of a sudden, it's the middle of the night. We have the door open because Grievous would like to go in and out and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we start hearing like this, like low rumbling talking, and then it like turns into like a like a soft, almost like a scream, like a low volume scream, oh like ah. Ar- 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 oh and I'm like, just what I the fuck it. is going on? And she's like, it's just Isaac sleep talking. And I'm like, what do you mean just? <laughs> What do you mean just <laughs> Isaac sleep talking? That is a possessed child. Beelzebub is inside of that <laughs> boy.
2: Like, Beelzebub, they are never find for me. For um, me. Okay, so this little child, I feel so sad for her. Her mom died a couple years ago, and that's when the dad started having these sleepwalking episodes. And he got put on the sleepwalking medication and it is clearly not working. And, um, but he doesn't know that he thinks it's working great. And he thinks that this never happens. And he just must've forgotten to take his medication this, this night. Um, and that, that is unfortunately not the case.
3: No, he thinks that he forgot to do it. And it turns out that the little girl was like, no, you took it while I was brushing my teeth like you do every single night because mm-hmm. you never forget because this still happens. Yes. You've stolen my childhood with your medical situation, which isn't your fault. But everything for a child obviously is extra- is, is exacerbated to, to the max, which is not their fault. They're children. And <laughs> bless Sorry. you. Thank I'll you tell you, though, I did. that's not where I thought that storyline was going.
2: What did you think it was going to
3: be? I thought that she was taking his medicine and she was also having night terrors, but she was taking the medicine from her dad Bizarre. because like the way that it, the way that they kept panning over to her and making it seem like something was off. Yep. I thought, so, I don't know. It just, I felt like it was a different direction. It makes sense for the storyline and it's a sad yet adorable storyline because apparently everyone in the show has to take care of their terrible parents. And Although this one is medically, you know, suffering, he's not terrible on his own yeah. accord. But uh, yeah, so I just that's not where I saw it going. That's not where I saw that that episode leading for her character arc.
2: Yeah, I think they just were panning over to her to be like, look, she's tired, and she's lying.
3: Something is afoot.
2: Yes, what could it be? Um, so
3: she she tells Mark at one point, she's like, "Oh yeah, usually I can." I can black widow talk him off the ledge and give him a lullaby like the hulk and it's all okay but not tonight not tonight yeah. sad shit's sad very sad what else did you have for this guy um cuz there's a lot of mark in this storyline here obviously yeah mark
2: mark picks up on it and this is this is where we get this is where we get some mark backstory
3: Finally, a little bit of Mark Backstory. And it's um, not all related to him fucking Addison, right? Like no, it's, and it's Mark it, and Backstory.
2: It's Mark Backstory and building on the Mark and Derek relationship.
3: Yes. So we, we get a little bit of some Mark Backstory where, I mean, I know I'm jumping ahead to the end of the episode, but apparently, you know, his parents didn't want kids. And they would go out and his way to try to fall asleep was to turn on all the lights and all the TVs. And, uh, you know, it's it's sad. But then you get this really cute end scene where he's like, close your eyes, lay your head on me. I'll be here when you wake up. And I wrote Mark the Daddy and not in a sexual way.
2: Yeah. And he does like the little
3: he does a little tap tap. He's yeah. like,
2: I'm not taking no for an answer, and then he carries her and puts her in the room.
3: Ne- yeah, on the bed next to so, next to dad. So, oh,
2: my heart. Also, okay, let's talk about this little girl. Incredible acting.
3: So, so good
2: when she has that mental break where she's like sobbing, which, like, you know, she's like uh, actually emotional, but you also know she's fucking exhausted. Yeah. Um. So she's like, you take it every night, and I tried it and he's like why didn't you tell me she's like well you take such good care of me during the day I thought I could take care of you at night because it's my fault that you're sleepwalking which like here's the thing and being a parent is very difficult I'm not faulting this man because you have to like be very very proactive about changing the way you look at things when you are responsible for raising a child it is like a like a full-time job, just thinking about everything you say, how it is processed through the mind of a child. And when he's like, Oh, I'm raising a 13 year old stress comes with the job. He's not saying he's not looking her in the face and being like, you're stressing me out because yes, it's stressful to be a parent. Even if your kid is a fucking angel, it's stressful to be a parent. And that's what he means. But if you're a kid, that's not how you're going to take that. And that's not like, he's not trying to like passive aggressively be like, you suck. But that's how she's taking it, basically. She's like, oh, well, it's my fault that he's stressed out. So it's my fault that he's sleepwalking. And that's obviously like, so just a big miscommunication. Also, you know, she lost her mom. He lost his wife. Like there's that in thrown into it. But she has this breakdown and she's like, and they tell her, you know, it's epilepsy. It's it's not you. It's not your fault. And then he's just like, he's like, OK, let's let's do the test. And she's just sobbing. And it's so it's just like, ugh, just like your heart
3: yeah and it's also so this 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 point kind of bleeds into the the next patient a little bit but scientifically speaking there really is so much to worry about in the world yeah. mm-hmm. i yeah. was reading an, an article today about how fungal infections are on the rise oh, and good. yeah and doctors aren't treating them right away because they're there it's like a 140 percent spike But because they're still so rare, doctors are like, oh, yeah, it's the last thing we would check. And people are like it has like a 70 percent death rate on some of these infections. Cute. Yeah. So now I'm stressed about that. Right. Like I I see mold and I'm like, oh, I could die. Yeah. Marlo could die. She's a terrible immune system because she's still a baby. Uh, But anyways, it's like, yeah, anything can happen. Kids internalize it. The world is scary. And having a parent puts you on a whole new level of stress. And it's not even like... I just drive to work and I'm like, man, every second that I'm on the road is a chance at a semi could kill me and I'll never see Marlo again.
2: Literally anytime I'm driving. Well, I've always people are anytime I say like, oh, I don't like flying because it stresses me out. Like I just like don't want to die. They're like, well, you drive. I'm like, I drive because I have to. I don't like it when I am driving. I hate it. I have anxiety. I am medicated for anxiety for a reason. Like I will sit at a left turn for way longer than is necessary and piss off people behind me because I am also almost exclusively driving with children in the car. And I don't care if you're mad at me because I will wait longer to make sure that it is clear. because I am not about to get T-boned when I have babies in the car.
3: Yep. There is a a left-hand turn that I make. Yeah. There's a, there's a specific left-hand turn that I make every single day that I look, I look to my right-hand side because it's the side Marlo's on and I look, and I go Mm. to, you know, as I'm making the turn. So I get it. But anyway, so with this scene though, we got it we get like some weird inner inner dialogue of uh George, Hunt, mm-hmm. Derek, and Mark all in the mm-hmm. same right, Mark is in the scene too. Mm-hmm. Where they're actually doing the surgery and they're mm-hmm. removing the the part of the brain that's giving the I
2: don't the think seizure. so because I thought he was with the lady, You're right, the you're right, you're right. Girl, he's he's with he's with the girl. Be wrong.
3: No, no, you're right. He's with the girl. But George is like, man, if they really care, you know, they talk to you. Right?
2: Yeah. And. This is after the Lexi thing. So yeah. George is like, well, it's not on him. He assumed that they had a relationship where, she, you know, she would be able to tell him if if she needed him or, you know, how is he supposed to know what, what feelings she has if she's not telling him? And then Mar- Owen is like, well, maybe she tried and words failed her because sometimes words fail. So, like, obviously, George is talking about Lexi and obviously... Owen is talking about Christina.
3: And Mark uh, Derek is just kind of sitting there like, I mean, she was just a kid, guys. Yeah, like,
2: Derek's like, I just feel like everyone can shut up. I'm just trying yeah. to fix this man's brain.
3: <laughs> this guy's brain is open in front of me. It's fine, yeah. you guys. So I, mean, I thought that also, led into a couple other like, things. It was interesting.
2: I mean, well, he's like, how did you not know this is going on? Well, because he was asleep. right scientifically that's the reason also like if you have someone constantly putting you back in your bed and controlling you how would you know like if i sleepwalk and no one is if i live alone and no one's there to change like get me back in my bed and i'm waking up in my kitchen or in a bathtub like oh i can probably put two and two together that i'm sleepwalking um but if some if michael's like always corralling me back in bed how the fuck am i supposed to know if i got up i don't know right i'm asleep I just wake up and think, Oh, it was, it was so nice of me to sleep. <laughs> um, the days so, that I know when
3: I wake up and I'm like, mm, Jess, I was really tired last night. I snored. Didn't I? And then she says either. Yeah, you were really tired or no, no, you didn't. And I'm she like,
2: no, if you snored, she's deaf.
3: Well, pff, if I fall asleep before <laughs> her, uh, oh. but then, uh, you know, how would I know if I was sleeping by myself, how would I know? Or yeah. if she never told me, you know, yeah, Michael gets to
2: wake up with bruises on his legs because I kick him so much because he snores Ugh. and it pisses me off. Mm. Yeah, too much of a light sleeper for that shit.
3: So, anyways, it's it's a great it's a great daddy mark scene like mark mark oh my the God, daddy so good. And then even before that, like leading up to it, when Callie so Callie, this gosh, I just love them together actually, and I. Know. I they're going to end up together. They're going to get married and ride off into the sunset. Okay. Official prediction. But the scene, uh, the, this whole scene opens up where Callie's like, yeah, this dude, he took a two-story fall through a window because he's sleepwalking and having night terrors. And then she said something about, yeah, uh, she's like, married, betrayed, gay, abandoned, and no idea how I got there. And yeah. it's like, yeah, this sucks. Brutal. Like, obviously. And then she, he's still asleep. And then she he just decks the fuck fuck out of her yeah he
2: breaks her nose knocks her unconscious and mark is like i'm gonna fix your nose and she's having like a bit breakdown and he's like you know what i was gonna do this with local anesthetic but maybe i just give you a nice little nap and you'll wake up and you'll have a new nose and it'll be a new day and she's like yeah. okay great and then she goes you'll still be my friend right and have sex with me whenever i want and he goes of course once your face heals
3: <laughs> yeah that that for sure <laughs> That's that is the real. That's the real for this week. <laughs> uh, when when she goes, uh, she's like it was a cute nose. It was a nice nose. And she and he was like, it was a gorgeous nose. And then uh, he just kind of starts ribbing her. And, and he's like, you love me. And they were for sure vibing. But yeah, that line where he's where uh, she's like, at least I'll still have you. Right. You'll still be my friend and have sex with me when I want. And he goes "Anytime." When your face heals. <laughs> it's just it's his comedic timing is so good and mm-hmm. I really like them together. And if you have just binged watched, been binge listened to this podcast, and you're getting to the point where now I'm obsessed with Mark, he's had a 180. He's turned yeah. over a new leaf. He's really gone through a lot since we met him.
2: Yes. The arc the arc that Mark Sloan takes is peak. Incredible. Love it. I love writing like that where you meet someone and you're like, you are trash. I will never like you. And then five hours later, you're like, wow, I think you're my best friend. Yeah. And it's not like he's changed right with the
3: whole Lexi storyline. He's like obviously still really wants to bone Lexi, but he's like, I'm not going to. My best friend told me not to. I owe him a life debt because I boned his wife and broke up their marriage. It's all okay. His mom used to take me in because my parents had a bad life for me. I owe him. It's all okay. Like yeah, so it's much. a lot.
2: So much. I love a backstory. We yeah. love a backstory moment. You know what else we love? Um, a mid-episode break.
3: Words from our sponsors. <laughs> we will be back right after a word from our regional sponsors. Take it away And we are back.
1: Here we are,
2: and now we will take a break for everyone's favorite segment: living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. Brought to you by. (laughs) Yeah,
3: this segment of—I almost said this segment of the meat stick. This segment. (laughs) This segment of Living in Chandelain is brought to you by The Meat Stick. Carmen, take it away. Hey there, everyone. Carmen here, one half of the Gray's Academy podcast, paired up with our dear friend, Kelsey. We've got some exciting news for you, and we want to share all about our friends at The Meat Stick. Are you tired of undercooked or overcooked meat? Me too. The Meat Stick Wireless Meat Thermometer is the solution With its advanced technology, you can achieve perfect meat dishes every time and take full control of your cooking. The Meat Stick is the first smart wireless meat thermometer engineered with versatility and durability in mind to withstand almost all ways of cooking. Whether you're grilling, smoking, using a pellet grill, in the oven, or even an air fryer, the Meat Stick is versatile enough to master it all. The Meat Stick enables you to easily monitor your meat's temperature during the cook, providing real-time data on your phone to achieve steakhouse quality at home. Now, I've been using the Meat Stick for a couple of weeks, and I've done beef, pork, chicken, fish, and everything has come out perfect every single time. I was doing a ribeye the other night, and it was the perfect medium rare. And I was able to set the ambient temperature and the internal temperature that I wanted. The app also made sure to yell at me because at one point I didn't stick the sensor all the way into the meat and some of it was exposed. And it sent this little alert saying, hey, Carmen, you got to go out and check your thermometer because it's not all the way in. So there's a lot of fail safes to keep this thing acting the way that it should, top of its game for a long period of time. Make sure you hit that link in our description of this episode to go right to the webpage for the Meat Stick to make sure you show our support and make sure you let us know on our Instagram pages or through our email, highlight like the product, and tag on Instagram whenever you're cooking. We'll see you out there, everyone, and back to the show. Thank you, Carmen. Words from Carmen. By Carmen, to Carmen, for Carmen,
2: and the rest of you. And the rest of us.
3: The Festivus for the rest
2: of us. This episode of Living in Shondaland has one man. (laughs) Who could it be? (laughs) And two women.
3: David Rosen.
2: Yes. (laughs) Good job.
3: And I'm going to guess the girl. The girl, the little girl, the
2: little girl, yes.
3: Okay, and the second one is David Rosen's wife. Yes. Okay. It. Oh man, it doesn't happen often, but I pulled it out. You did. You did. I I usually never pull it out.
2: <laughs> That's how you have a baby. Um. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Um, Okay, Josh Molina is Seth Hammer, plays David Rosen He is in one episode of Inventing Anna, 124 episodes of Scandal, and one episode of Private Practice So he's doing well with Shonda, she's a fan Also also, he was in the West Wing
3: And he was in an episode of Psych, which is where I knew him from before I saw Scandal Mm, Yes He uh, thinks he's a werewolf in Psych Oh Well, we all have those days
2: Should we Um, still do Living in
3: Shondaland when we finally watch Psych? Because you're going to remember this episode and you're going to be very excited. You're going to go, it's David Rosen! And I'm going to go, no, no, no. It's Seth. Seth Hammer. Seth Hammer.
2: And then um, Leslie Grossman plays Lauren Hammer. And she was in three episodes of Scandal. So I imagine they were in at least one together. But I don't think they interacted together. I couldn't really suss out who she was. I think she was like a reporter. Oh, okay. Her name was Lisa and she was in three episodes. I didn't do a lot more research other than that, so.
3: And who was the little girl? I missed that.
2: Madeline Carroll.
3: Madeline Carroll. Played
2: Ivy. She was in two episodes of Scandal. She was um, Fitz's daughter for two episodes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then one episode of Private Practice, which was also a very sad episode.
3: Ooh, did it involve child cancer? Because that sucks.
2: No, it didn't. But it did involve other childhood illnesses. So. Mm. Gonorrhea. We'll Don't you worry. That's that's icky. It's a baby.
3: Okay, you know what's fucked up is the is the age that children are having sex now. That's what's fucked up.
2: Listen, it's fine. <laughs> we'll. T- this is an off my conversation. There's we only condone sex
3: once you're married.
2: That's factually a minimum. incorrect. <laughs> For so, I'm reasons. telling Marlo
3: she only gets to have sex when she's married, and That's she has to wait to two to three person. years until the marriage is like solid.
2: That's. I want you to think about your marriage and then maybe rephrase that.
3: <laughs> the difference is, is that I never mind. We're, this is, <laughs> we're going down a rabbit hole.
2: Um, okay, so are we done with the sleepwalking storyline? Did we have anything to add there? Uh,
3: I think we'll probably have just more Mark and Callie-vibing conversations to talk about, and it'll be a reference back throughout the, the episode. But I think specifically we're done with him. What, what was his name? Larry? Ivy's dad. Ivy's dad. <laughs> that sounds right.
2: Yeah. Um. So yeah uh, a happy ending for for that at least which is you know we like those we don't have they're not they're they're few and far between on grace but it was nice um okay so you let's talk about the poop people
3: man i did i did not see that coming and also i when did this episode air
2: 2008
3: 2008 okay um I need to google something about poop. Yeah.
2: Okay. C. diff, I'm pretty sure is very contagious. Like I'm I think if you have C. diff, you have to be like basically in isolation and all the medical people when they come in have to be like fully hazmatted because C. diff is like not just in it's not like strep throat. Like you just it's in the air.
3: So, hold on one second, because what I was Googling, this was November 20th, 2008, right? hmm January 6th, 2007, Two Girls, One Cup okay. premiered in the United Unnecessary. States.
2: Unnecessary. Not, not the point.
3: The point, no, the point is something about, like, I don't know why I immediately thought of this, but at the end when he's like, for the sake of our sex life, I cannot watch this. And all I could think of is, wow, how fucked up do you have to be that people saw that and it was a sexual thing? Two girls, one cup. And it was like a sexual thing. Also, for the record, I've never watched that video. I don't know what happens. I, well, I know what happens. Uh, but I've never witnessed what happens.
2: Yeah, I've also not watched that video. But listen, people have different things that get them off. And it might not be for us. But as long as they're with consenting adults, that's fine for them.
3: yeah, it's fine. whatever you're into. consenting but, adults yeah, that's the key word Well, both and of also, those words are key,
2: yeah, that's consenting
3: true. and adults
2: <laughs> you're you're right um, yeah, um, poop is gross, but also that's kind of a funny storyline that he had that they had to do a poop transfer. Um, but see if that's like when you take too many antibiotics and your body kills all, there are no biotics. So when you take antibiotics for a long time, they're like, try and tell you, you need to like, like eat a lot of yogurt and like take probiotic supplements. Um, and then sometimes your body's like, no, you have no biotics. And then so eat shit. Uh, literally also at the end when Alex is just like mixing up a bowl of poop, I'm like, I hate this.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, so this storyline is, is interesting because she's, so they're married, right? Yeah. And she's like a hardcore hypochondriac. Like Here's hardcore. The thing,
2: I don't think that woman is a hypochondriac. That woman has severe anxiety.
3: About illnesses. So, yes, you th- like, so it might
2: specifically be like medically related, but like, I, get I that, just though. think hypochondria is like when I'm when like, when you think you some- have everything. someone sneezes and I'm like, oh, now I have COVID. Like that's yeah, hypochondria. As she's just afraid who, of everything. Who lives well, with anxiety and like is medicated for it? I'm like this woman does not just have hypochondria. She is not just like, you know, on Doctor Google like, oh my knee hurts, whatever. Like it's it's beyond that knee cancer. Literally, like it's so far. Be- and I empathize with her. Like I've lived this in so m- I never had C diff, but I've lived. Th- I've never ordered medication from the internet because to me that would be more anxiety. So I would be like, this is probably not what they told me it was. Um but I I understand what she, where she's coming from when she's like, my heart is racing. I'm having a heart attack. Like I feel like a lump in my breast and I'm like, oh I have breast cancer. My stomach hurts. I have like a stomach cramp and I'm like, oh I have stomach cancer. Like I understand where she's coming from. It's hard to stop your brain from going to those places if like Yeah. And it's what's really, really hard is understanding how people don't live that way. Like I, it blows my mind that people don't just like automatically assume that they're dying at every turn. Like
3: I will say anytime I have gas and I get a cramp, I'm like, oh, my appendix is going to (laughs) burst. I'm going to, I need to call an ambulance. Like Um, I get that.
2: My mom had her appendix taken out when she was like 13, younger than that. But yes, a long time ago when she was a child. Um, and so, yeah, it's just wild. Like before I was diagnosed and medicated and like, I didn't know that this was not how everyone operated. Like if I called someone and they didn't answer, like, and then I called again, like five minutes later and they didn't answer, I would be like, okay, well they've had a car wreck and they've died. So then I would get in my car and like drive the route that I knew that they would be on. So that I can, like, see if I find the car. This is not how normal people's brains work. But I didn't know that. I was like... Well, that I'm is just a bit being, intense. I'm just being proactive and saving people's lives. But then I went to therapy and got some medication. And I don't do that anymore. Now you
3: wait until but the next day for them I to call you back. I will not
2: lie. That is sometimes still in the, in the brain. I just have a little bit more help controlling how to process it. Anyways, yeah. I don't think she just has hypochondria is my thing. I think it's anxiety. And I do appreciate that Alex helps them communicate.
3: Yeah. It is also worth noting that something clearly is, and okay, I guess I should should not say clearly, because if you're the kind of person who buys antibiotics off the internet, yeah, you know, more power to you, whatever, I will never do that.
0: Yeah, I, don't I have trust no idea
3: what's going into or my body at that point. Yeah, so that's that's like that's like red flag number one. But you know, so you get this this interesting scene, and it's all because of a pimple. She's like, it went away, didn't it, David? <laughs> uh, go back being the U.S. Attorney General, whatever you do. Shit! Uh, I am
2: the Attorney General of the United States of America. He says yeah. that
3: like every fucking episode good. He I is. <laughs> and he does I like him in that show. I love also, David Rosen. What's um so like uh the girl, the Liz Liz Elizabeth North or whatever, I didn't like them together, but I really liked I oh, really yeah, liked uh the the vice president in him, and then <sighs> she breaks up with him and it's just so sad because he lied and he sold his soul to get Susan? her the nomination. Yeah, Susan. When he Never mind. It's getting into spoilers for everyone. Spoiler alert! Skip thirty seconds when he, when he uh, sells his integrity for the nomination from that lady in Florida, the Florida governor. It's for the sugar. Like, Is it for sugar? Yeah. It's for sugar. Yeah. 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 Anyways, yeah. but when he's like, <laughs> I will help you with my shit if you say that it was not uh, that it was a pimple. That's the deal, and then. They have this moment. It's a typical Rick and Morty moment and she goes, "I believe that you believe." It was a pimple. <laughs> That's so me. <laughs> I'm sorry sorry that you feel feel like like you (laughs) you
2: deserve an apology.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And then he goes, no poo for you. (laughs) Seinfeld classic. And then runs away. And it's just so funny. I was dying laughing at that scene too.
2: I just love that this is who Alex ended up with. Like this is the patient that Alex and like he was so patient. It was actually a very good Alex episode as well. He is so patient with them and he's like i just love when he's like dude she's trying to tell you what's real for her just like let her tell you and that's when she has her speech where she's like everything in the world can kill you why aren't you terrified at all times which is like how my brain works so i really felt for that yeah in that moment um it's also yeah
3: it's also impressive it's it's not i mean it's i wouldn't say it's too impressive that alex has a lot of patience Mm. Because after all, he is a doctor. <sighs> Got a lot of patience.
2: No, I get it. You He's don't a doctor. Have to Doctors it. have
3: patience, right?
2: It's not because it, I don't understand it that I'm not laughing.
3: You know, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a baker, but I couldn't raise the dough.
2: Why are you doing this? Go call Gabe. <laughs> <laughs> um. And so I don't even know what to say to you. I don't. Yeah. Okay. So Alex is very patient with them and it's because like he doesn't know what's going on with Izzy and he's like, I'm sick of people not talking to each other. So he's going to, you know, use them to, to see that people can communicate. And, um, it goes really well for him. It ends well. She gets her poop in her nose and, um, he goes and talks to Izzy and that we'll get there in a minute, but. Alex good Alex episode also yeah, the very good. beginning when they all get there to try and steal the appy
3: oh my gosh we should talk about that right now
2: his ass oh, kissing five out of five incredible so funny
3: it is really funny what so he's so okay all right let's talk about that and then let's talk about the the Izzy Alex Denny thing um when they show up where are my notes on this what the fuck Fuck. it's
2: like at the very beginning um with bailey and they show up because they all know that you know they think this is an appy coming in and typically a solo surgery is an appy so they're like she's like oh you all hauled your little butts out of bed to come here and like fight for this appy like good for you whatever um and so she puts oh yeah they're the nice." <laughs> she's them, like though. George is like, Oh, it's mine. I'm on call. And they're like, no, I already know the patient. And she goes, Karev, what do you know about the patient? And he goes, I know he's lucky to have you as a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, she's like, Oh, you go to this and he's like, anything you, I am here to help anything you need.
3: And then he gives a cute little wink, you know?
2: So funny. Oh my God. It's such
3: a good wink. It's, it's really, it's, it is very funny. And also, so, okay, we're going to gloss over the fact as a TV show, not you and me, because we're physically going to talk about it right now. Mm -hmm. Five minutes ago, Izzy was like, going to town, right? Moaning, sexual Mm -hmm. healing was taking place in that room. Some kind of way. And, like, Alex doesn't even bat an eye. Oh, yeah, solo stuff. Totally hot. And then she opens up the door. She's dripping wet. She's just, like, on fire, clearly having sex. And she's like, no, no, I think I'm sick. Uh, You don't want to come in here. Uh, You may get it. Uh, If I was Alex, I'd be like, who the fuck is in there? (laughs) No one gets that riled up doing it just to themselves. Like, I mean, <laughs> I guess thinking I shouldn't. Of porno in Izzy's room. <laughs> yeah, like what the fuck, Derek. And but that scene is so fun. I had to watch that scene a that couple scene times is because very funny. I you to appreciate that scene. Oh, absolutely. And then freaking <laughs> the way that Meredith was like, Derek, Derek, where are you? And he runs out <laughs> and he goes, What's happening? What's happening? And she's like, Oh, thank God.
2: The fear in her voice that she thinks Derek is. Fucking Izzy, that with that level of fervor, yeah. while she is in the house.
3: Yeah, and then Alex so, walks in. She's like, "Wait, if you're here, who's in there?"
2: Oh, <laughs> Derek, Derek.
3: Oh, so oh gosh, quickest title card I think we've ever gotten. Less yeah, than two yeah, minutes.
2: Uh, yeah, I made that same note. Um. Okay, so yeah, do we have anything else to say about Alex and his poop friends before we get into the the other thing?
3: Um no just a uh, mad respect to david rosen and uh
2: and he, his white hat
3: yeah and his white hat his w- he left it outside in the hospital i think in this ep- of the hospital in this episode yeah he had to have where the- this the scene where she's like i think i have stomach cancer and he's like or it's diarrhea and i'm <laughs> <A> like magical <laughs> disease <laughs> <laughs> oh so funny um Oh I wait th- Yes.
2: I just have to say, I'm just scrolling. When Mark goes into the supply closet to look for something.
3: Oh, so and good.
2: Licks, and then Derek shows up and he's like, I needed medical supplies. I found the intern in the supply closet. I did not invite the intern into the supply closet. <laughs> so funny. Stop
3: looking at me like, I, like, like that. I didn't do anything. Don't do anything. Don't. Well, I, I didn't. didn't.
2: Don't. I didn't. Don't. <laughs> So it's I they're like just so like it's like they're brothers like you can see the friendship like really coming back into itself and just yeah. like it's so easy for them and I love that I love it
3: yeah that and was another scene that I laughed more likable that. as well oh listen just at this point right now just being Mark Sloan adjacent is scoring brownie points with me
2: <laughs> yeah
3: like that's how um, much I'm liking him right now in this current this current phase
2: alrighty I don't do we have anything?
3: Uh, only other, other
2: yeah. But we'll that. we'll
3: talk about some other Derek Mark Lexi stuff later on. But let's let's talk about this fucking Denny thing because I gotta tell you, mm-hmm. I am I am I'm so lost. I'm so I'm lost. I'm truly baffled at this storyline. <laughs> okay. And all of you a holes out there listening to this this show, you know what's gonna happen, and I have no I have no clue. I don't get that, it. Correct. All right, take it away, Kelsey.
2: So if you recall the end of last episode, Izzy touched Denny and he was real. And they kissed and you were confused. Now they're touching and she's freaking out. And she's like, oh, I'm just like reliving moments. Like, you know, we did this when you were alive. I'm just reliving it. It's a grief process. And he's like, well, then I guess... We'll ha- I'll prove it to you By doing something we never did When I was alive And that thing is Have sexual relations with Sexual relations So he takes his shirt off And they have Sex
3: And I'm just so confused
2: There I just I'm gonna be honest I, This storyline is difficult to talk about Without Spoilers I so, understand
3: I'm not trying to like get Yeah no I, I will just say here's, here's some of the notes That I have here Basically okay. I, I'm, I'm so confused It's First off Like Alex has no Follow up questions For Izzy When she is in there And she's having sex With Denny's ghost
2: That's fair um, I will say If she It was the the, not, the door not All the way open For me Then was I was like yeah. Okay I feel like He would have had Some questions
3: yeah, and I like that he trusts her, yes. Um, but then like, so you get this scene where she says, I can hear the heart beating, but they mm-hmm. took it out for the autopsy.
2: Which they didn't do an autopsy. Mm-hmm. I specifically remember Bailey said, are they doing an autopsy? And the morgue guy goes, no, the family doesn't want an autopsy. They're shipping him back to Memphis. I
3: forgot
2: about that. That's just me being a psychopath, but... I remember that specifically
3: continuity error. Mm -hmm. So, so I don't know. It's, she's like, it's not real. And he said, anything can be real in that moment before you, Oh, that scene where she's like, this isn't real. It's you're just in this moment where it's right before you wake up and anything is real. Right. And then she says, I'm going to keep my eyes closed so that you don't, Leave And Denny is just like, okay, like whatever you got to do. Like I'm here. You're good. And then she does wake up and she's freaking the fuck out. And then yeah, he just kind of walks in. What is he doing in the other, in the other room? What is, what is his metaphysical body doing in the other room? He can't eat a sandwich. She can't do anything. Why is he just leaving? Denny, what's your you plan? To
2: take a heaven poop,
3: <laughs> a heaven poop. Yeah. Also the scene where he's like, well, you're just going to disappear and go talk about your friends and how you had sex with one last time. And he's like, no, he just talked about sports. Funny. <laughs> me and so my funny. Dead guy friends talk yeah. about sports. And then uh, we get this scene where she's like, I thought you had left again. And he yeah. he starts to apologize. And she says, you don't get to apologize because I killed you. I convinced you to let me cut the Alvad. I yeah. did this. I did that. Whatever. I don't fucking understand the storyline. Those are my notes. I'm so confused. I know you can't talk about it. Yeah. But like, what in the fuck? I don't get it. Yeah, I mean I that's don't. pretty
2: much where we were all sitting in two thousand and eight. So, I mean you're getting the truest experience you can have, and I, I'm I'm thankful that you have avoided any spoilies and you are living the real, real Grey's Anatomy life at this point.
3: It's it's times like this that I just want to Google it and be like, <laughs> tell me, like, can someone? Yeah. I I want. What I need from you, Kelsey, is after this storyline, whatever the conclusion of this storyline is, I need lots of blog uh, yeah. articles on this, like what they were yeah. thinking, what they were trying to do, because I, I know we're ultimately going to get there's going to be some lesson learned, right? Like, Izzy's going to have some sort of lesson. This is the ghost. This is ghost of Elvad's past, right? <laughs> and uh, it's just, but why? What's the lesson? He's here for her. He keeps saying, I'm here for you, Izzy Stevens. Mm-hmm. But, but why? <laughs> Italian um, hand, but why?
2: I will say so. also with the um it just went right out of my head what I was going to say. Oh, the scene where she freaks out and she's like, I thought you left me again. Um, first of all, incredible acting on Catherine Heigl's part, like really, really nails that. Like you can really see her like processing all this grief, um, that she's been dealing with for the past year or however long. I don't know a month, who knows how long it's been. And he died yesterday.
3: That's the crazy. I
2: think he died this morning. And, (laughs) um, yeah. So, Incredible acting, but this is where I get confused because as much as I don't like Izzy, I am constantly saying she didn't kill Denny. Like, yes, her actions led to his death but by the same token had he just gotten the heart would the same thing has happened had the other guy gotten the heart would he have had a stroke like was it denny specific was it heart specific to that heart i just have a lot of like feelings about it that i like i just ask a lot of questions about it and so when she's like you don't get to blame you don't get to apologize because i killed you that's why i'm just like did you i'm so confused i already always have your back and now you're saying that you killed him i don't understand I, again i'm not a huge izzy fan Everybody knows this. It's not a secret, but that's where I just, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, like clearly cutting the LVAD wire was the wrong thing to do, but,
3: but that didn't kill him. He was alive. He survived through the heart surgery. Yeah. It's the stroke that killed him. So anyways, I, I couldn't even begin to give you a prediction on this. I just don't understand what's happening. In the episode where we get Meredith dead and she's sitting there on the table drowning, and she sees Denny and Dylan and Tracy? Bonnie. It makes sense. Yeah, she's dead. It makes sense. But this just doesn't make sense. (laughs) The episode where they touch in the hallway and they have that great panoramic shot, that makes sense. But this just does not make sense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I'm lost Anyways There's a couple other things we could talk about We still have to talk about Christina and Hunt And then the the Lexi uh, The Talks Lexi, Derek, Mark Back and forth So And then the end scene with Callie and, and Bailey I want to talk about too Oh so. yeah
2: Okay so let's talk real quick Owen and Christina They don't have any fucking clue what's going on Talk about not communicating Holy shit Absolutely not This, man's a, this man is a disaster <laughs>
3: You want to, you want to go inside? No.
2: Captain America. No, I don't think that I do. <laughs> um, I mean, he says, I don't think it would be appropriate, which it probably wouldn't be. You're right. You've been there for like five days and you're her boss. Um, no one else in the hospital cares, but at least you do for now. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he gets there at the beginning and, or she gets there at the beginning. And he's like, Oh, are you here for me? And then like, Oh, how'd you get here so fast? I do like the moment at the end when he's sitting by her and he's like, I don't know why I came. She's like, do you want to go inside? No, I don't think that was for, and then they just sit there together and he just goes, I think you're beautiful. It's you know what? Cute. Sometimes words don't fail. Sometimes you want to say something and you say it and it's fine. Yeah. You know, there are so many things people don't say. There's like an old adage that says the things we say at funerals should be the things we say every day. There are mm. so many things you just assume people know that you think about them. If you don't say it, why do they know? Yeah. Um, well, that's so, why yeah.
3: my least favorite phrase in the world is it goes without saying. Just fucking yeah. say it. Yeah. Like Kelsey. Um, I love you.
2: I love you too, buddy. That's my best friend. That's my best friend. That's my best friend. Um. So, yeah, it's I like that at least that he gets one one thing out.
3: And he gets his foot out of his mouth, right? Because in the beginning, he's like, oh, man, you got here quick. Like, what the fuck? How'd you beat the ambulance?
2: Yeah. It's it's funny. It's funny that you're here where you work. (laughs) Um, (laughs)
3: Traumas, am Uh, I right? Like, man.
2: (laughs) Hospitals. Crazy,
3: crazy pitch black midnight we're having, isn't it? So weird.
2: (laughs) So funny that it rains here in Seattle. (laughs) Um,
3: oh goodness. But yeah, no, it's it's sweet. And I think for me, getting a chance to see Christina actually have like some clarity and not like aggressive kissing man? in a, in a, yeah. in an alley is is nice. Yeah. So clearly he's still got some stuff to work through. I get that. I support that. He needs to go see the the hospital therapist at some point. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, no, it was a good end scene and I really, I really like their, their particular storyline for this episode coming to a close with, with that nice moment.
2: Yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, Derek and Mark still going back and forth like, oh, don't sleep with Lexi. And he's like, well, I only thought about it because you said something. I wasn't going to do it and now you said something, so I got to do it now. Like, well, do you though?
3: yeah you already slept with
2: his wife mark
3: right You you already got it it's fine <laughs> you're done and like you guys had sex a lot of times after that it's okay now the scene that i really like is at the end and lexi's just laying is sitting there and he's like listen man either mm-hmm. you take her home or i do yeah. right and he's like your I mom think used that... to see
2: how tired I was and bring me home. That was a good thing.
3: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's... I don't know. It's, it's also just such a good metaphor for the power of good parents and how mm-hmm. you can make an impact on someone's lives because it wasn't even his parents. Derek had nope. the good parents, and yeah. they took Mark in, so... And then we get this end scene where Meredith's like, oh, you brought in a stray. And he's like, yeah, I brought in a stray. Making, making Lexi a bed, getting her sheets. She's sitting there, I think, drinking coffee or eating dinner or yeah. something like that.
2: So yeah, because at the beginning sweet. of the episode, he says no more strays. And then she brings home the stray. Um, yeah, so that's nice.
3: Final no. scene with Bailey and Callie to wrap it up.
2: Yeah. Oh, I do. We got to touch on the at the end when Izzy tries to tell Alex kind of like, oh, I'm I'm in a mess or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like forgot this happened because we got so into the Denny of it. Um, And he's like, listen, if it's too much for you, that's fine. But if you want to break up with me, you got to break up with me because I'm not going to leave just because you're, you know, like struggling. So that's a nice moment. And I just appreciate him for that. And he's being patient. And again, the communication, like obviously she's not telling him like what's going on, but like she is trying to tell him something, but she doesn't know what to say without sounding like an insane person. Um, so, you know, she's doing her best, but yeah, I just like that. He's like, you're going to have to break up with me cause I'm not going anywhere. I can handle the mess.
3: Yeah. That, and that last scene where, she goes in the room with Alex And then she's like I'm sorry And then sorry, Denny just Denny. dis- And Denny's like I'll be right here fucking My here. note after that Was all caps And it was just But what does that Even fucking mean <laughs> <laughs> You'll be right here But what does that mean Denny You just keep saying I'll be here Can you give context Maybe You're that's dead. The threesome Carmen Oh <laughs>
2: Han comes advisement. back. Um, so yeah. Okay, anyways. so yeah. The the end scene. Bailey goes to check on Callie, and she's like, "How are you?" And first of all, I love when Callie says, "They have good drugs here." So funny. Mm-hmm. So funny. Um. So they have a very nice moment talking about, you know, what drove the interns to do this, and like the passion that that it speaks to obviously they handled it wrong, but like it is a passion for medicine and a passion for learning and a passion for surgery. And Bailey's like, I fucking resent an organ. I'm at a point in my life where I get annoyed every time I have to take out an appendix. Um, and you know, I used to be this way where I loved surgery and I loved medicine. And now I'm just like doing all this stuff with my eyes closed. Like it doesn't, she's like, I want to, I want to challenge. Like, I'm tired, but I want a challenge. And then I love when Callie's like, or she asks Callie if you're tired, and she's like, "I'm deep down inside exhausted." I'm like, "Girl, do I feel that?"
3: And deep it's down sad, inside
2: exhausted.
3: And I, yeah, and it's we it's all like burnout.
2: I feel like it's such a good yeah. like explanation of burnout. Exactly. Yeah. And like they love what they do, and like I have to imagine in the medical field, obviously with COVID, like I can't even fathom what it's like now but like beforehand it's so much education before you even get into doing it i like it has to be like the burnout must be so real because there's so much buildup before you're even doing the actual thing that you want to do
3: yeah if you're if you're a doctor or a pa or a nurse or a, a nurse practitioner whatever whatever it is that you you are I'm curious if you have stories about, like, times where you wanted to give up, right? Mm-hmm. Like, times where you were thinking, is this worth it? And then you pushed through and now you get to save lives, right? Like, I'm sure that's the part that keeps a lot of people going for so long. But the burnout but that has is, like, to be they're high. But
2: yeah, it's like, they're not even saying they don't want to do medicine. They're like, I just want a new challenge. I'm like, she's like, oh, maybe I don't want to do general surgery. So I'm like, okay, well, you're a fifth-year resident, so, like... <laughs>
3: you get to choose at this point You kind
2: of like it's a little you know it's it's typically at that point it's kind of more set in stone Um, oh i
3: didn't know that i thought that that's the point where they can really make that decision
2: well that they make the decision like if they're going to do the fellowship or like accept a residency position i mean a attending position um but they've basically like declared a specialty by that point um so it's just kind of wild that she's like maybe not like, you're chief resident. Do what you want. Do what you want, baby. Sometimes you're chief resident. Yeah. Which, it's okay, also so nice
3: s- to see them having that moment because they were, like, frenemies for a couple episodes yeah. there, you know? So but they
2: really, they're the same, like, class, quote-unquote, so they've been through all this stuff together, in theory. yeah. Yeah. I spoke briefly with my father who again, works in um, administration at a hospital. Like he does admin on ortho. Um, So I was like asking about residencies and chief positions and like chief resident and chief of surgery versus chief of staff. And he's like, you would not believe the amount of chief positions. That's just extra work that you're doing. That's unpaid. Just so you can put it on your resume. I believe that. Like, Yeah, so, and he was, like, and majority of it is, like, administrative. So, yeah. Not even a pay raise. And then I said something about chief resident, and he was, like, oh, no, chief of, like, chief of ortho versus chief of neuro versus chief of whatever. And he's, like, well, that's just someone, everyone was in a meeting, and someone in charge was, like, and, uh, Carmen, you'll be chief of neuro. (laughs) And then everyone forgets about it until the next time there's a meeting and then they switch it.
3: Interesting. I thought that's like like a paid, like a premium paid leadership kind
2: of thing. That's definitely how they portray it. But he was basically saying like a lot of chief positions mean just like, it's just like a resume pad. Like yeah, you can put it on your resume because technically you did something more, but like you're probably not getting a pay raise.
3: Hmm, interesting. I mean,
2: I will say when I was on Glassdoor, it did say chief resident and resident were the same pay pay grade.
3: Interesting. Again, so. that's one of those times where let I mean, us know, people.
2: It, it could be different too because there's like private funded hospitals and publicly funded hospitals, so like that's also like. That factors in for sure. Right, right, right. But yeah, wild. Um, Okay, so did we have anything else about the Callie and Bailey thing? Or anything else in general? I don't
3: think so. I think, uh, I believe, man, all these burps from this, Mike's Hard Seltzer. I believe that everything I got on notes was was talked about. I will say that opening kind of monologue definitely was a bit of a marist, m- misdirect when Callie was laying on the ground bleeding. We obviously yeah. see it happening, but like yeah, it 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 turned out to be a really really good episode. I'm excited to rate this with you.
2: Yeah. Um let me just scroll through. Make sure. Who's making a porno movie in Izzy's room? That's incredible. Um okay, yeah. So I think That we've got it all. You read it first. All right.
3: All right. This is a fucking five.
2: Yeah, same.
3: This is a five. This episode is so fucking good. It's got the writing. It's got the comedy. It's got the backstory. It's got the fucking drama. It's got people getting punched by patients. It has someone with PTSD who just watched a lot of people that he was very close to die on a battlefield, tell a girl that she's beautiful. It's got everything that you can want in TV.
2: This is peak Gray's. peak Gray's. Even yeah. with the confusion. Even
3: with the confusing even, sex. Even with having, I, I, whatever the storyline they end up with, honestly. I just need to know what, they're, what they were thinking, and I can move on, and I can, I can justify it out of my brain, right? It's fine. Mm-hmm. Getting Denny back is great. He's a phenomenal actor. Getting to see uh, naked Catherine Heigl's back in, uh, uh, in the bed scene. Wonderful. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Next time, maybe flash a little bit of, of nipple for us. Okay, Catherine? please? Okay. Yeah. It's
2: just uh, ABC. It's fine.
3: Just ABC. It's fine. It's just everything is so good. Everything is good. And the C even Sadie being a nut job doing an open surgery TV. It's good TV. What, what makes it a five for you? I talked a lot just now.
2: I mean, probably the same stuff. I mean, you have, I will say there's not like a crazy medical thing, but like the medical things in it are still good. And they're, I think sometimes in the episodes where you have a five out of five drama, the medical stuff just gets glossed over. Like they don't really touch on it that much, but like in this one, they, they go into depth um, with the sleepwalking guy. They go into depth with poop lady. Um, obviously like, I guess the medical of it also of Sadie, like slicing her own abdomen. Yeah, That was pretty pretty intense
3: though. Yeah. Um,
2: So that's, that's a big one for sure. But like the, the consequences behind what the interns do the consequences what it means for the residents like it's all just like feeding in the Christina and Meredith getting into it for the first time that we've really seen um really really intense love to see it the acting is like above and beyond by everyone uh cast and guest. like it's just perfect like you can see in episodes like this, where it's written by people that have written episodes before, like, you know, that they know these characters and they understand Shonda and they, they just represent what the show is and they do a great job. So, and Tom Verica, again, back to directing again, there's a reason that he's Shonda's BFF apparently. So we love, we, it was just the perfect, the perfect team on this one. And I love it.
3: Yeah. It's, it's it, uh, it's an episode that i'm really looking forward to after we get to watch all of these episodes re-watching again like this mm-hmm, yeah. is if we're making a note somewhere of episodes that i want to rewatch, the second we're done or maybe even coming back and doing like a patreon episode like a year from now
2: mm-hmm.
3: before we finish the show like put this on the list this one for sure is on the i want to see if i laugh just as much as i did this this time around just mark was great derek was great even like the little bit of George that we got was great. Like, yeah. how could you not know? Blah blah blah. Lexi was was great, even though she was stupid. Like, all mm-hmm. of it was just great. Everything was except for Pierce. Was that guy, the guy's name? Pierce? Uh, yeah, he sucks. But yeah, he sucks. Everything else that was well, great. His name's Pierce. So yeah.
2: Um. Okay. So let's make some predictions. So predict. Do
3: not ask me anything <laughs> about Denny and Izzy. I have no <laughs> predictions. Fuck you. <laughs>
2: um. Predict. Uh, something with Lexi and George, I guess.
3: They, uh, he's, he's going to make a, a romantic gesture next episode.
2: Okay. Um, Callie.
3: Callie. Next episode, her nose will be magically healed.
2: <laughs> um, Bailey.
3: Bailey and Tucker are going to get a divorce. <laughs>
2: Okay, but Bailey in relation to her job, since that's what she was talking about.
3: I think Bailey's going to end up being some sort of like clinical professor. Like she's going to just go teaching full time or she's going to not. I don't know. I, she loves surgery. Yes, but I think she likes teaching more. Okay. So I think she's going to be a full time teacher of medicine. Okay,
2: so Christina does not get to do the solo surgery. So predict who is going to do the solo surgery. Hmm.
3: I think it's gonna be Meredith. I think the easy choice is Meredith.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh, Sadie.
3: Man, I just I hate her. I hate her <laughs> so much right now. Uh, I predict that she said like something's going on. So I think the next, uh, not next episode, but the episode after that, we're gonna have like a lot of. Rocket from Guardians of the Galaxy Three flashbacks for mm-hmm. some Origin story so we're gonna get like Meredith and Sadie as a kid As kids <laughs> and we're gonna have the Return of Alice Gray in a flashback Okay yeah. um, And Cyrus Bean
2: Oh Christina and Owen
3: Oh yeah they're they're boning Next episode for sure Okay um Next episode's gonna be Lit <laughs>
2: You say that almost every episode.
3: (laughs) This episode Um, really was lit, though. It was. was It was.
2: And there wasn't even any sex. Well... I know. But they talked about sex. There was was Izzy and Denny sex, but there wasn't any other sex. Yeah. Um, do we have any other predictions? Do you want to predict Alex and Izzy?
3: No, I'm still feeling good about them. I'm still feeling good.
2: Okay. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Do I have anything else to ask? I feel like I'm forgetting something. But that seems... I feel like that's it. That's like all the major ones that are currently up in the air. So we'll go with that.
3: Yeah. Well, in that case then, Kelsey, take it away.
2: Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. We appreciate the support. Please, please, please share us on social media. A lot of people are finding us on Instagram. Um, So if you can share us there, it just really helps spread the love and spread the, spread the Grays Academy. Um, you can find our Patreon at the link tree in our bio. You can find the Patreon in the episode description. You can find the meat stick link in the episode description, and you can follow us at Grays Academy pod. You can email me at grey'sacademypod at gmail.com. I am probably going to put up a question box soon because for the hundredth episode, we'll probably do, um, like a Q and a, so I'll put that on the Instagram somewhere.
3: I also had something that I wanted to add. I think we, we're going to talk about this, but uh, maybe doing some really cool Patreon stuff and it'll be members exclusive coming up. So if you are thinking about doing Patreon, like definitely get on board because I think there's going to be some some cool members only kind of meeting situations that we're going to try to do soon.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, you can reach out to us, however you may like, but if you talk to Carmen, remember
3: no spoilies. If I, I swear, if someone spoils the Denny Izzy storyline before it comes to a natural conclusion, I'm, I'm going to lose it. I will
2: fight them. I'm going to lose it. I will like hire people to fight them.
3: That's Uh, unacceptable behavior. Yeah. I, I feel like this is, this is as close to time travel as I'll ever get right? Because I'm literally,
2: I feel like that's true.
3: It's pretty cool. Right. (laughs) So, uh, that's where I feel like right now. So don't take that away from me. No spoilies. And we will see you all in the next one.